If you have your Bible tonight, turn if you would to Psalms 127, page 663. If you got a King James Schofield Bible, amen. If you got a King James Schofield Bible, we're going to begin tonight. And uh, well, praise the Lord. I don't, I don't do a lot of this, and sides of our church does hinder this a little bit, but. Boy, God's been extremely good to you. And you want to stand up and testify to that quickly, quickly, quickly. Amen. He's worthy of bragging on anyhow. Amen. Anyone at all, would you just... Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. I like that. I like these young people testifying. Amen. All right. Anyone else? One more. One more. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I like that. Amen. Yes. a blessing. Isn't that a message? I praise the Lord for that. Psalms 1 to 27, if you found your place, let's stand together. Amen. All right. Very good. One verse tonight. Let's read it together. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is a vain saying. It is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As ours are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man, hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. But I want to take our text from verse number 1. Let's read it one more time together. Ready? Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Except the Lord build the house. Let's go to the throne of grace one more time. Uh, Eddie, how about you praying? Yes. Amen.
Tonight, with the help of the Lord, I want to begin a series, and, and it will run for several weeks. And let me just kind of go ahead and give you a heads up. When I am done with this series, I want to close it out on a Sunday night with a baby dedication in our church. We have been blessed with a lot of babies and more on the way. And um, so Matthew, just go ahead and just jump up there and share with, with our church. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ain't that good? Praise God, not, not all these husbands and wives is fighting. Say amen. And uh, so anyhow, we got another on the way. And so we're very thankful. Miss Penny was a grandmother again this past week. And so we're going to, with the help of the Lord, when we're done with this series, and it may run, it may run seven, eight weeks, but when we're done with this, and I'll let you parents know ahead of time, so we invite all your, your family here. And, uh, but we're going to have a baby dedication service. Except the Lord build the house. One of the most neglected things in our society today are children. 24 million children in America, one out of every three, live in a home without a father. 40% of all the babies born in the United States this was in 2011, were born to unmarried mothers. This is a statistic that's absolutely amazing to me. There are as many children being cared for by grandparents as there are by single dads. Even among Christian families, parents are failing to invest in the training and applying God's Word into their daily lives. And because of that, because of that, 70%, this ought to shake us to the very core, 70% of young adults that grow up in church leave the faith of their parents. Seventy percent. And the devil would love nothing more to tell us, well, you, you've done lost this, just throw up your hands and quit. The only problem with that is he's a liar. And it can be done. So it is over the next few weeks, and I want to share some things that I believe that will help you. Now, regardless of how your house is made up, you say, well, I'm just a single person. I have no kids. Can I just say this? Every person here, if it is a single individual, it's a home. If it is a, 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 a home of just a husband and wife, it's a home. If it is a husband and wife and ten children, bless your heart, it's a home. And regardless regardless of how it is structured together, it's still a home. And how we need to understand that not only do we, not only do we have a home, but we influence somebody else. You, you, have, 
you have aunts and you, you, you're, you're some child's aunt or some child's uncle. You're some child's family member. And, and uh, many times, many times, family members have more of a voice with our children than we do. And more influence. So we all affect and have influence. But perhaps none have the greatest influence than fathers and mothers. Ephesians 6, 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. How many's heard that verse? How many understands all that that encompasses and all that that means? It's one thing to say, let's bring our children up in the admonition and the nurture of the Lord. But here's the truth of the matter is, a lot, a lot of people don't know how to do that. Over the next few weeks, we're going to help you to learn how to do that. We're not going to look at gimmicks. There's no tricks to having well-behaved kids. There really isn't. There's only biblical principles. And when you apply those principles, they work. Dependence on God, submission to His Word, obedience to the Holy Ghost of God. But most of all, they have to be applied daily. I, I need to help you, and, and, and if, you, if, you, if you believe this is the truth, then Lord help you. There are no perfect homes. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect dads, no perfect moms, and definitely no perfect kids. The truth of the matter is, as long as we're robed in flesh, we're, we're just fleshly creatures. And uh, so there's not. Don't miss this. Great homes that glorify God are not an accident. It takes work. Well, preacher, how long do you work at it? All of your life. We work as much today on our marriage as we did over 40 years ago. Sometimes we have to work on it a little harder because we know each other so well. And I know it's hard for you to imagine, but I get on Darlene's nerves sometimes. Can you imagine that happening at ever happening at all? There's times that when you're together, you're going to have these issues. And truth of the matter is, it takes a lot of work. Now, I need to settle this, and I, I pray that I am talking to people who know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because it's impossible to apply godly principles and apply godly principles to your life if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior. I almost feel like I need you to stop right now and just have an altar call because if you don't know Jesus, you're not going to apply His principles. So step one is, I pray you know Jesus Christ. Just to show of hands, how many of you know Jesus as Savior? Don't be ashamed of Him. Praise God, isn't it good to know Him as Savior? So this psalm, David was writing to his son Solomon. And... Um, 
David is giving his son some godly advice on how to build a house and a godly heritage. And he mentions four things in these verses that will help every person here if you'll apply it. At the end of this, and next week, I'm going to give you a pattern, a blueprint, a blueprint, if you will, And then next Sunday night, we'll look at that blueprint in detail. But for tonight, let me give you four things. Number one, the Lord will help us to build my family. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. My, what a truth. If you want a home that lasts, if you want a a family that lasts, then what we've got to do is we've got to turn to the master home builder. And that is God Himself. See, we need to understand, Supreme Court did not invent marriage and the home. Our governments and the laws of our lands did not create marriage and home. A holy God one day said, it's not good for man to be alone. By the way, it's still never been good to be alone. I don't do good by myself. Darling's not there. I turn every light in the house on. Not because I'm scared of the dark. I just like the lights on. And, and because he invented this thing. One day he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he laid man in his lap and wrenched into man and pulled out a rib and created a woman. And it wasn't her lips or hips and all that stuff you spend money on. It was the very fact that she was his. She was him. And he called her woman. And that day God performed the first marriage. And I don't care what their laws, I don't care what kind of rulings come down. It has always been between one man and one woman. It will always be that way regardless of what kind of laws they pass. And he come, and the Lord comes along and says, listen, um, I designed it. I, I created it. I built it. And because I've created it, because I built it, he said, I know how to do this. Stories told of Henry Ford one day, him and his wife was driving in the country and they come across a Model T. And the man under the hood, Mr. Ford got out and Tinker said, can I help you? And he said, yeah, he said, I can't get this thing to work. In a little while, a little while, he said, okay, try it. He tried and it hit run and it just, he just run great. And he said, man, you know a lot about cars. He said, I ought to be able to fix it. I designed it. Can I help you tonight? Hallelujah. We serve a God that designed the family and the home. Do you think it's by chance that Satan is doing everything he can to attack the traditional home as we know it? We honestly, if I was a president, I would put the traditional American family on the most endangered list. You know, if something's on the endangered list, you can't shoot it, you can't do nothing with it. I'm not so sure 
that the American family, as you and I sit in, like the families that sit in here tonight, and what I want you to know, they, they almost need to be put on the endangered list. Because Satan is out to destroy that traditional husband loving a wife, wife submitting herself to her own husband, and children obeying. Our society, our world, I mean, it tears them up, but it's still God's plan, amen? We find here that God, someone said, that's nice, but tell me, how in the world is God going to build my family? Is He going to wave His hand over us? Me and my wife, and supernaturally, will become uh, Ward and June Cleaver. How many of you know who Ward and June Cleaver was? How many of you under 20 know who Ward and June Cleaver was? One. Amen. Son, you, you just don't have much TV antenna reception, do you? Amen. Oh, Ward and June Cleaver was years ago. And they were depicted as perhaps the, the quote, perfect family. God doesn't do that. God's not going to wave His hands over your children and they become the Brady Bunch. It's not going to happen like that. No, no. But here's what He's going to do. He's going to give you a book and give you the instructions on how you're to do it. And here's what He said. He's, he's going to give you the, the Word of God. And He's going to say, now here's what you need. He said, I'm going to give you a book. I'm going to give you every step of the way how to take care of that child. I'm sure our newest parents here is Daryl and Ellen. And uh, they, they've got little old Jonah. And uh, I'm sure you've had a whole lot of advice on how to do it. Everybody in the world is a master at doing it. But they have one problem. There's no two kids exactly alike. No two kids are exactly alike. I, I, it's amazing... When we brought, we, Connie come into this world and we thought, okay, boy, four years later, here comes Tammy. Totally different, totally opposite, totally different. And, and, and God just doesn't do it that way. And so what God does, He says this. He says, I'm going to give you a book. You know why we ought to read the Word of God? By the, by the way, let, let me just encourage every parent here. If you're not going to read anything else, if you're not going to, if you're not going to read anything, by the way, let me just throw this out. Not being able to read is no longer an excuse. You can buy the Bible on, on CD. You can buy the Bible. You, if you got a smartphone, you can get it over your phone and it'll talk to you. It'll read to you. But you know what every parent ought to do? Every parent, every, every husband, every wife ought to read the book of Proverbs through this year. Y'all read the book of Proverbs. It is the wise man. Hey, hey, you young people, you know what the book of Proverbs calls you? Simple ones. Simple ones. You, you know what the book of Proverbs says? That mom and daddy, your children, don't need you to be their best buddy. They need a prudent God. Hey, daddy, your, your sons don't need a buddy. They need a prudent God. Hey, mom and daddy, they don't need you to give them the, everything they want. They need a prudent God. 
As they get in those teenage years, that is the most critical time, the most critical time that they need a prudent God. Simple ones don't understand the dangers that's ahead. How many of you were 16 and mom and dad said, oh, listen, bless God, you got to get home at a certain time and do all this kind of... How many remember this? But we got to be home at 11 or you slept in the car and you didn't want daddy catching you in the car. He'd, he'd take your car. And if he didn't like it, he'd treat you like a man. And I wasn't going to take a whooping for him or nobody else, you know. What we need to understand is you need to read the book of Proverbs. So God will help me to build my family. Number two, God will help me to protect my family. Listen to what he said. The watchman waketh, but in vain. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wait. Waketh but in vain. What is a city? A city is a group of families who live close together. The word watch means to guard, to protect, to save lives. David, in, in effect, is saying this. He's saying in this, God help you protect your family. And families need protection in our today's world. ADT commercial a burglar's trying to break in a home and the oldest daughter pushes a panic button and frightens the burglar away. Praise God, isn't that good? And we ought to protect them between intruders and those that would break in. But that's not where the devil's going to get your children. Have your cell phone. Feel the thing? You young people ain't going to like this. But I'm okay with it. Mom and Daddy, if you've got an ounce of brains about you, about once a week, you need to say, let me see that cell phone. And bless God, if they got a code on it and locked you out, hey, Daddy, get, grow your backbone and bust it with a hammer. <laughs> Tell them, don't you dare put a code on that phone. I don't want to do locking me out of that thing because you don't understand right now there's devils. There's devils wanting to come through that cell phone to get the mind of your child. If you don't think, if you've got, if you, if you think that if you be tonight, well, not my child, then you really are. You, I need to hit you in the head with the hammer. There's a world out there and there's so much accessibility now. How many of you remember when the, when the phone was on the wall, had one in the house? Amen. That's all you had? Yes, we had one on the wall. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm going to tell you, right now, there is so much. Now, it can be used for good. It can be used for good. But it can also be used... For young ladies to strip off and naked and send pictures to a boy. Hey, it can be used for boys to take the clothes off and send to a girl. You say, preacher, that don't happen. Somebody hit you in the head lately. Happens all the time. 
There was, an, there was this thing going on that we're up here in Caldwell County. It wasn't too long ago. Where, I mean, in this great college where all this sexting was going on. And I'm, I'm telling you, it was a mess. And they had like 60 or 70 people. And by the way, young lady, don't, don't miss this. You don't care about yourself. You've got no respect for yourself if that's the best you can do. I don't care what the jack leg is. Keep your clothes on and keep it right and keep it clean. I'm not saying it's not a good thing to have. And I'm not saying take them away from, you, from, from your children. But I am telling you this. The devil will get through that phone. And if, and if you're paying the bill, if you're, I, I, I said, if you're paying the bill, if you're paying the bill, you got a right to look at it any time you want to. Well, you're just breaking up my prophecy. Okay, pay the bill. Pay the bill. And then with it, you get your prophecy. It's a good preaching if I do say so. If you pay the bill, I'll pay the bills at the Stein's household. That gives me a right to look at anything I want to look at. I'm paying the bill. I'm putting the bill. Oh, don't miss this. You say, why? And it ain't about that I hate you young people and I want your phone. I'm just simply saying this. Hey, by the way, what about a group of young people? And this is what I want to believe about our young people. What about a group of young people that would not be ashamed to hand it to a parent? Say, Mom and Daddy, I don't care what you look at on my phone. Well, buckle the belt, hook up the, hook up the belt, tighten it up a little bit. It's going to get rough. Young people, I'm going to give you a break. I think that ought to be with husbands and wives. I think there ought not ever be a time that I can't hand my phone to Darlene and say, Here, honey, you can go through it any time you want to. I've got no secrets. I've got no secrets. I ain't got no secrets. What, what about a Christianity that says, I, I don't mind a, a well-known, a multi-powerful, powerful ministry that affected thousands of people. The preacher left his, his cell phone and somebody seen it to take it back to him and when they picked it up, he just hit the button and turned it on like that. And to his amazement, him kissing a, a teenage girl was on the front of it. He said, man, I can't believe that happened. It did. Now he's not having to worry about it unless they give you a cell phone in prison because he's pulling 12 years. And you know why? Now, here, now, don't, now I'm going to mess some of you up. He's not the enemy. Satan's the enemy. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people in that church and the influence of that church has been lost for, 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 hundred, for years to come. The influence of that church has been lost. Not only him, but his wife, his children, his grandchildren have been affected forever. Not, not only that, but hundreds of families that say, My God, if a preacher can do that, I'll just quit! And fall by the wayside. Because Satan found a place. 
I don't know about you, but I need God to help me protect my family. Not long, I, I seen the other day on a on a uh, uh, WHKY the crime news. I looked to see how many church members is on there, and uh, <laughs> it's okay to smile, amen. And uh, I seen on there where they had this old fifty year old man. He's in he's in prison now. You know why? Because he was texting. Uh, young ladies pretending to be a young man going to meet with him and, uh, and in doing so they called him but what if he what if they hadn't called him what if they hadn't called him see we need to understand we need to protect our families I believe there's at least three things that are so destructive to our families let me give them to you quickly number one alcohol I, I, I know, I know that we don't talk about it much no more, but the bottle is a cold-blooded killer. It kills lives, it kills marriages, it kills families. And you'd be amazed at how booze in a house is a cold-blooded killer. As a matter of fact, you might be better off having Charles Manson in your house as a guest than you would a bottle you know why? He'll just do it quickly. But moms and dads who drink, slip around, hide it. Don't kid yourself. You're not hiding anything from your children. And in doing so, you'll raise drinking children, drinking kids. Not only that, but adultery. Adultery. Boy, that sin has destroyed so many May I say it's sin as a God? And I don't. I just tell you, I, I don't care what the excuse of it. There is none. The devils and his demons will do everything he can to make you unfaithful to that spouse and that wife. And if you, he'll, he'll bring, sir, he'll bring that girl by that'll smell just right, look just right, and tell you everything you want to hear. Hey, ma'am, he'll come by and he'll sweep you off your feet and tell you how beautiful you are. He'll tell you how much he loves you. He'll do everything he can till he destroys you. Then he leaves you laying in the wake and you're by yourself. Boy, boy, we don't like this one. This next one is a killer. This attitude of selfishness, me first mentality, destroys a home. See, God can help you protect your family when you get an attitude, a Christ-like attitude, an attitude that puts the needs of your maid ahead of your own and the needs of your children before your own. It's me first, this me, me, this selfishness. Every, every marriage that struggles, every marriage in 20-some years that I pastored that struggled, every marriage now that struggles, all you have to do is write one word across the top of it, selfishness. It's all about me. My needs are not being met. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell us, it's going to kill some of you. God in His Word has said nowhere in the Bible that my responsibility is to love her as Christ loved the church if my needs were met. That's not what God said. 
God said, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He didn't put, and by if, it's not there, quit adding to the Bible. And don't miss this. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Well, he don't, it's not there. And children, obey. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You say, boy, it's not, no, it ain't complicated. But this attitude of selfishness has just about destroyed us. God can help me build my family. God help me protect my family. Boy, I like this one. God will help me provide for my family. You know, God knows how to provide for a family. Now, He doesn't send food down from heaven as He did years ago. He could. But you know what He does? He provides it through old-fashioned, good, honest work. Psalms 127.2 It is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For he gives his beloved sleep. Describes two types of fathers. And I, and I believe he does this because gentlemen, gentlemen, whether you like it or dislike it, you will be held accountable for taking care of your family. It's not the church's job to provide for your family, search yours. And here's what he said the first father can't sleep. Troubled. You know why? Because he can't find contentment. And why can't he? Here's why. Because he can't get content with what he has. He can't get content with what he has. So he works long hours trying to give his family luxuries instead of their needs. Now, I want you to listen to me. Don't you hear me well? You have to learn to decide what's luxuries and what's a need. And it may shock you, but your children doesn't necessarily need luxuries. If you can provide both, more power to you. Hallelujah. Help yourself. Children don't need a whole lot of the junk of the world. But I'll tell you what they do need. They need a roof over their head. They need food on the table and clothes on their back. But they need something else. That, that little boy over there, he, he just loves staying with Mamo. You know why he loves staying with Mamo? He, he, he stays with us every time, every chance he can. You know why he does? Let me tell you why he does that. She gives him attention. She just stops everything and she gives him attention. And now he's got to have a home. He's got to have clothes on his back. And and we have to make him eat. We have to make him eat. But you know what the one thing he craves is attention. He likes somebody that'll just talk to him. You know what your children need to know? They need to know they're loved. They need to know that you care about them. 
Well, they know that. How'd they know that? <laughs> Do you tell them? Do you tell them? They need your affection. Well, I'm just not affectionate. Get affectionate. Quit your... Get affectionate. They need your guidance. They need a good example. My, my, now let me, let me just tell some of you older senior folks, and you, and you need to get a hold of this, and we'll talk about this more Wednesday night. My children don't, don't agree with all my convictions, nor do they have to. They're adults now. They got their own families. And I have to understand that that's their choice. And God gives them that right to choice, to choose. And you can't get hung up there. You just got to have your convictions and not move on your convictions. And then as they get older, they'll wake up and realize how right you was. How right. It's amazing how dumb mom and daddy is when you're 15 and how smart they get when you're 21. See, we need to understand tonight, children need a good example. They need discipline in love. They need to know they're important to you. Now, if you can provide both, help yourself. But we need to realize that children's needs need to be met more than their wants. And I don't know how you, you this, is your, this is your family. I, I can tell you this much. Eddie may remember it. One day we came to the table and we, we, we at our table, we eat cornbread and green beans and, and, and corn and, and lettuce out of the garden and tomatoes and, and cucumbers and that's what we had. You remember the day we come to the table and asked Dad if that's all we had to eat and we started complaining about the food? You remember the day? And he said, okay, kids, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go back into the living room. And he sat there and he ate his supper and he put everything up. And he walked in the living room. He didn't scream. He didn't holler. He didn't say anything. He said, kids, it's just kind of like this. He said, if you can't eat what I've got on my table, then you'll not eat at all. Now, you got to understand, us kids thought we'll be dead by morning. We won't make it. We won't survive through the night. We'll be gone. The next night, and this is the wisdom of a good dad, guess what was on the table? Exactly what was the night before. He didn't get mad. He didn't scream. He didn't holler. He sat down. He says, anybody got anything you'd like to say? No, sir. Not a word. We ain't suffered. You know why? Because I want you to listen to me. You will create a monster if you create a child that's not thankful. Are you listening to me? You will create a monster if you create a child that's not thankful. Hey, young people, when's the last time you thank mom and daddy for the house that you live in? Hey, mom and daddy, when's the last time you thank God for the house you live in. When's the last time you thank God for His goodness and mercy? When we need it, God will help us to help me to provide for my family. Last of all, 
God will help me raise my family. Bible says, verse 3 describes the value of children. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is, the reward, is His reward. They're a heritage, not a hindrance. They're a blessing, not a burden. Dear people, there's no, there's no such thing as an unwanted child, only unfit parents. The feminist movement says children will cramp your style that keep you from pursuing your career and being somebody. God says, if you miss being what I've called you to be, you'll be a nobody no matter what you get, what kind of career. A lot of men argue children are too expensive. If I have children, I won't be able to drive the kind of car I want, live in the kind of house I want, or take the vacations I want to. After all, children make a rich man poor. No, got it backwards. Children don't make a rich man poor. They make a poor man rich. And some of you are really rich. (laughs) Dwayne Reese, you're really rich. Michael, you're really rich. They do. They make you rich. They make you rich. Somebody asked, when should I start? Hey, you need to start when you're young. When does a warrior... Influence his arrows the most. After he shoots it, oh no. Why he's holding it in his hand. The best time we start teaching our children godly values is while they're young. I've, I've been, I've waited six months on this series for God to give me the okay. That's how much I wanted to share this series to you. Because I believe that we have the, the potential this year. I look around over our church and I see the husbands and the fathers and the children sit between you. And I think, oh my goodness, what potential sits right here. And with the help of God over the next few weeks, we're going to focus on just this very thing. And if the Holy Ghost of God is convicting you tonight, in just a moment, I want you to slip out of your pew and say, God, I need your help to raise a heritage. I want to build a heritage. One day, one day, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. One day, this will be moved. They'll come in that door. They'll roll me right here. I want you to cry. People say, I don't want nobody crying at my funeral. I want you bawling. I want you crying. Yeah. But more than anything else, I want when they put this body in the ground, that I have left that I have left something to my children and my grandchildren that lives on after I'm gone. I want I want my son in laws to say, Now listen, your papa would have done this and this is what we're gonna do. This is what how you handle it. I want my grandsons, my granddaughter 
to one day say, Papa would have done this. This is how he would have handled this. And I'm going to leave that heritage. I'm going to leave that heritage. You can leave, you can make money out the wazoo and leave them money. And I'm sure they'll be thankful. But if you change their life, you've got to leave a heritage. May God help us to build a heritage. Next week, I'm going to give you a practical blueprint. It looks something like this. It looks something like this. And we're just going to look on how to build a heritage. But tonight, as we all stand to our feet, never head bowed, never eye closed.